I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing some of the latest rumours and reports concerning the Arsenal. We'll be talking a little bit about Lionel Messi and the magic he produced in that World Cup semi-final victory for Argentina over Croatia. And we'll be taking lots of your questions and lots of your thoughts from the chat box. We didn't do an awful lot of that yesterday, so I'm keen to make sure that we do that today. Keen to make sure that we hear from as many of you as we possibly can. If you're wondering why my arms are folded, why I'm shivering, because it's bloody freezing, it's still cold, I'm still moaning about the weather, I'm still ranting about the weather, and there's a train strike today in London as well, which made my journey to and from work an absolute nightmare. I had to stand in the freezing cold for so long that when I walked past the market today, I had to stop and buy a pair of gloves because it was that cold. It's even costing me money, the cold. This is the levels that we've reached at the moment. Oh my God, I am freezing. And I've come down to the man cave to do this edition of the podcast. I put the heating on down here maybe 45 minutes to an hour ago. And I thought, oh, that's plenty of time. But it's so bloody cold that it's not done the trick yet. And you can see I'm a little bit red in the face because I've come in from the absolute freezing cold into the warmth, into the house, and then back out of that and into the cold now in the back. Yeah, I moan about the cold weather a lot because I bloody hate it. I really, really do. I've got friends that tell me, oh, I much prefer this to a heat wave. What on earth is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Absolute madness. Anyway, <laughs> let's go over to the live chat and say a few hellos. Uh, to plenty of you that are with us. Big hello to Matt, uh, to Des, who says, I can't wait for them Arsenal fans who wanted Vlavic to rot at Juve after he snubbed them in January to now tell us he's a baller and the perfect replacement for Gabriel Jesus. Uh, Des, assuming that we're going to be waxing lyrical about Dusan Vlavic on this edition of the podcast. Not quite. We'll get into it in a minute. Uh, he also says popcorn at the ready. Uh, what else have we got? Big hello to Temi, uh, to Colin, who says it's not going to happen. Again, talking about Vlavic. We'll, we'll come on to what the actual story is in just a minute. And then we'll take some of your con uh, your comments around that and your thoughts around that. Matt says, an Englishman without a pair of gloves. Come on, Harry. I know this wasn't your first snowstorm. I did have a pair of gloves, but I didn't have them with me. I didn't think that I would be standing around in the cold for as long as I did. I didn't think I was going to have to walk such distances today. And uh, yeah, just couldn't feel my hands, Matt. So I had to had to invest in a second pair. Always good uh, to have um, have spares and backup, I guess. Uh, Zed says, I can't lie, I prefer this weather with extra layers onto a heat wave. I don't mind it when I'm indoors in the house and I haven't got anywhere to go and I'm sitting on my couch like I was last night watching the uh, World Cup semi-final. But when I have to go somewhere when I have to travel and the ice and the snow and all of that is, um, you know, when all of that is causing me problems as it has done over the last couple of days. I mean, I want to go out later and watch the football with a friend and I don't even know if I'll be able to get my car off the driveway. So yeah, let's see. Anyway. Okay. Let's, um, let's get into it. We're going to be talking, as I say, we'll be talking a little bit about Dusan Vlavic. We'll be talking, um, 
about uh, Mikhailo Mudrik just briefly because there is a little bit of an update, I guess, uh, on that one because um, th there have been or there has been some confirmation, it seems, that talks between Arsenal and Shakhtar Donetsk are underway. But that same source goes on to say that actually the the two clubs are still quite a bit apart in terms of uh, what we're looking for um, or, or what they're looking for, I beg your pardon. And so that deal isn't close to being done. But the, the fact that there are talks, it's encouraging, isn't it? But Arsenal, I think, as they've shown over the last couple of uh, years now, have a price in mind for a player. They have a, a maximum that they'll be willing to go to and they're not often going to exceed that. And I don't think they're going to exceed that with Mikhailo Mudrik for a number of reasons. We've talked about it before as being a bit of a gamble. We've talked about it before as being, um, you know, not not quite a sure thing. And and I think that's fair. You know, I think when you look at where he's playing, when you look at what his skill set is, when you look at the fact that we've yet to see that translate into one of European football's better and bigger leagues, and that that's the truth of it. You know, it's not being horrible. Um, yeah, we're going to get into all of that on this edition of the show in just a bit. But let's start with the Dusan Vlavic stuff. So what is the Dusan Vlavic story doing the rounds now? Now, I'm not saying that he's coming to Arsenal, but according to CBS Sports' Ben Jacobs and a number of other sources in Italy, Dusan Vlavic could well be on the move again in 2023. Now, of course, Juventus have seen huge changes upstairs. They've seen huge changes behind the scenes and there are Lots of questions flying around right now about some of their financial dealings. And there is concern that that could spill over into more, that that could become an issue for Juve on the pitch, that it could be something they're punished for. Essentially, the accusation is that they've been cooking the books, basically, at Juventus in order to make the club's finances seem a lot healthier and therefore get around FFP and various other things and other restrictions that are in place to them. So, so the situation at Juve isn't very stable at the moment. And so it's no surprise that one of their prized assets, Dusan Vlavic, a striker they brought in from Fiorentina last January, is uh, at the centre of controversy and, and could be one that makes way, could be one that decides to up and leave. Why? Because he's one of the players at Juventus that is a very sellable asset. He's somebody that a lot of clubs will be looking at, that a lot of clubs will want. So why have I brought this up? Well, I'll tell you why I've brought this up, because... Going back to last January, when we were linked heavily with Dusan Vlavic, I was all in on it, okay? I was all for it. I was very much of the opinion that, yes, he's got a long way to go, still got a lot to prove, still a young player, still improving, still developing, but my God, he'd be a great addition to the Arsenal. And the reason I thought he would be a great addition was because he ticked so many of my boxes, so many of the boxes that I wanted to see ticked when talking about a striker coming into the club, okay? He's big, he's strong, he's powerful. He is somebody who not only offers that aerial presence inside the penalty area and that physicality and all of those things, but he's also somebody who has the capability of running in behind. He's got great pace for a big man, big, long strides, and often gets in behind teams and stretches teams when that is what he's required to do. So for me, he felt like and feels like someone who's on their way to becoming as close to the complete striker as you can be. But is he there today? No, he's not. And I figured that with Fiorentina's financial situation, the way it was at the time, that Arsenal had a real chance 
of getting that deal done. But as time went on and as that story developed, we all found out and we all worked out as Arsenal supporters that actually Dusan Vlavic had no intention of joining Arsenal at any point. Dusan Vlavic had his heart set on Juve. That's where he wanted to go. And that's where he ended up. So to a degree, you could argue that Arsenal were used, that Arsenal were uh, sort of used as a pawn in the negotiations, maybe, perhaps. His people say that, you know, Arsenal was never a realistic thing. It was never really on the table. It was never really on the cards. But sources close to Arsenal tell us, actually, Arsenal really wanted to make that deal happen, but couldn't do it because Dusan Vlavic's people were very evasive, were very set on the Juve move. And actually, Arsenal felt a little bit disrespected by the way that Dusan Vlavic's camp you know, turned their noses up at the Gunners' interest. So the reason I wanted to talk about this today is, is to say that I don't think now Dusan Vlavic is as good a fit as I thought he was back last January. Now, there are two sides to this coin. So on the one hand, I think he has some attributes that Gabi Jesus doesn't. Okay, so I think he's big, powerful, strong. I think he's got an aerial presence that Gabi Jesus doesn't have. I think he's probably more effective at running in behind than Gabi Jesus. When teams squeeze up the pitch and in terms of running the channels, I think he can be very, very useful in that he, you know, he ticks a lot of boxes, as we said, but he ticks different boxes to Gabi Jesus. But at the same time, I've seen how... Gabi Jesus as an individual, and let's have it right, a lot of it has been as an individual, has transformed Arsenal's attack. And I don't think Dusan Vlavic, at this point in his career, as a young man still finding his feet, still developing, still trying to work out who he is in terms of his identity as a striker, I don't think that Dusan Vlavic would have had that same transformative impact on the Arsenal forward line that Gabi Jesus did. And... The more I watch Arsenal with Gabi Jesus, the more I understand what Mikel Arteta was looking for all along. And the more I think that actually, although Dusan Vlavic ticked some of those boxes, there's an awful lot that he wouldn't have ticked as well. And so, yeah, look, we wanted him. There's no question about that. I wanted him at the time, but the deal didn't happen. Sometimes these things can be a bit of a blessing in disguise. And it would be funny now, wouldn't it? It would be if Vlavic's camp were to sort of try and sort of I guess, nudge Arsenal or, or push Arsenal into potentially reigniting that interest because they want their client to get his move away. I think for us, I think for Arsenal, the Dusan Vlavic ship has sailed. I really do. I think it's gone. I think it's sailed. I think it's bye-bye. I don't think this is a move that's going to happen. Some of you have referenced the fact that there is that sort of fractious uh, relationship between uh, the Serbians and, and between some of the uh, Swiss team because of their uh, original heritage and the, the the issue that that could cause between, for example, Granit Xhaka and a player like Dusan Vlavic would mean that Arsenal stay away. I don't think it's that deep. I don't think that Arsenal would consider that if they really believed the player was the right player and they felt that he would add to the team. But I think the Dusan Vlavic ship has sailed. Arsenal are not mugs. Okay, Arsenal are sitting top of the Premier League, five points clear as it stands. Arsenal have been very good in terms of the business that they've done in the transfer market, in terms of bringing people in. Arsenal have shown they're not a soft touch. Arsenal have shown that they will go out and they will push the boat out for the players that they really, really want. They did try for Vlavic. They did. They made that inquiry. They wanted it to happen. They wanted to explore it much further and much deeper than they actually got to. 
But that was because Vlavic's people knew what they wanted. Vlavic knew what they wanted. And they have been described as having been evasive when Arsenal were trying to get an answer, when Arsenal were trying to figure out whether this was something they should continue pursuing or something they should put, um, you know, to one side. Again, I'll say it again before we move on from the Vlavic thing. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I actually really like the player. I'm a big Serie A fan, as you guys know. I've seen a lot of him. And I think in terms of complete strikers, I think Vlavic probably ticks more boxes than Gabi Jesus does. And one day, he will probably get there. As I also always say to you guys, potential without being fulfilled means jack shit. And with Dusan Vlavic, if he has made the wrong move to Juventus, if he makes another bad move... Um, given the way things are potentially shaping up there, then his could his career could easily nosedive and go somewhere that he doesn't want it to go. But the point I'm trying to make is that when we all thought that Vlavic was the ideal solution, when we all thought he was perfect, when we all thought he was the one, actually, Mikel Arteta and Arsenal, I think, looked at it a lot deeper than that, as they should. It's their jobs, right? But I think they figured that, Whoever came in had to be much more effective in the link-up, much more effective in the build-up as well, and couldn't operate as a lone entity in the way that Dusan Vlavic has at times, where he is the, the striker, wants all the service, needs to be provided for. Gabi Jesus needs to be provided for, but can also provide. Gabi Jesus can defend from the front. Gabi Jesus actually is a far more rounded individual than I think any of us thought he was when Arsenal were initially linked. And any of us thought he was when he was playing for Manchester City. So, you know, this is where knowing a player can help. And I think Arteta's understanding of Jesus, his strengths, his weaknesses, what his game was all about has obviously benefited us because we've managed to go out and get him for a very reasonable price. And as I said earlier on, he has um, transformed our attack pretty much single-handedly. You know, yes, other players have improved. Yes, the system has improved. Yes, we're developing and we're, we're on the right trajectory and we're moving in the right direction but he's been massive and as I say with Dusan Vlavic yeah there are reports that he's going to be on the move in 2023 yes there will inevitably be links to Arsenal off the back of Jesus picking up that injury and the fact that a lot of people feel Arsenal need another striker anyway but for me and the reason I put this in the title and the reason I wanted to discuss this today is because for me I genuinely believe that the Dusan Vlavic to Arsenal ship has already sailed and it's sunk it's gone. Forget about it. Move on. Now, I touched on earlier on that little update with Mikhailo Mudrik. Um, and it looks as though uh, somebody very high up at Shakhtar Donetsk uh, has confirmed that talks are ongoing, uh, that talks have begun, that talks are underway with regards to the Ukrainian and the potential of him moving to the Premier League. Andy Brassel, um, a uh, a good friend, uh, a European football expert, sent on Sky Sports yesterday. Uh, I was working with Andy today, actually. Um, you know, he said that, you know, th the likelihood of Kylo Mudrik being a Premier League player by the end of January is very, very high. And that gave me encouragement that it is a deal that Arsenal could get done. But Shakhtar Donetsk CEO Sergei Palkin confirmed to Adam Crafton that talks are happening over Mudrik, but... The two clubs are, and I quote, quite far from what we want and what the clubs propose. So, you know, yeah, it's whether it's going to happen or not uh, remains in the balance. He also adds, it's not so far, 
but it is not what we need. We are having discussions. It is maybe 50-50 with regards to this winter window. So let me just repeat that because the translation of the comments was not 100% clear. So let me just make sure that I clear this up. Shakhtar Donetsk CEO Sergei Palkin has confirmed to the Athletics, Adam Crafton, that talks are happening over Mudrik, but there is quite a distance between what we want and what the clubs are proposing. Then he goes on to say, it's not so far, which slightly contradicts that opening statement, but it is not what we need yet. We have discussions. It's 50-50 whether this deal will get done in the winter window. So still work to be done on this. And listen, that's fine. You know, the window hasn't even opened yet. I didn't expect the deal to be done. As we often find in January, a lot of these deals don't get completed until the dying embers of the window. And that's not ideal, but that's the reality of it. Uh, quite a lot of the time. So we'll see where that ends up. But Mudrik, I think, is obviously going to be available for a, a lesser price than you'd imagine what, what Juve will be looking for for Vlavic, given that they, uh, of course, paid a lot of money for him. Uh, whether they've paid all of that yet remains to be seen. Probably not, knowing the way Juve structured deals. Uh, but with Mikhailo Mudrik, I think he could be obtained for a reasonable price. I think he's somebody that as we've spoken about before, Mikel Arteta feels can be moulded into a much more versatile player than he is today. Not just a left winger in Mikel Arteta's mind. He might be that now, but he obviously feels that there is room for improvement, room for growth. And he's somebody that we could develop into a much more rounded forward who could eventually play anywhere across the front line and do a lot of the things that Gabi Jesus does because they not only... Uh, bring the best out of the striker, but they also bring the best out of the team, uh, out of the players around that centre forward and that focal point. So yeah, let's see. And and listen, Mudrik seems to be all in on the idea of moving to Arsenal, doesn't he? He seems to be uh, really up for it. He seems to be really keen uh, to make that move happen. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. And then if that's the case, then great. You know, you want players that are committed. You want players uh, that that feel this is the place for them. You know, you want players that feel like um, like Arsenal is, is, is where they want to be and that Arsenal is a club that they want to go on and achieve uh, massive and amazing things with. Uh, bear with me, my microphone volume just did it just change? Let me know in the chat if it did. Uh, it shouldn't have done. I might have did I press something inadvertently? I don't know. Anyway, um, let's get on with it. Let's uh let's continue uh forward and just quickly touch on some comments that Mikel Arteta made in his press conference yesterday. Uh, of course, he's been speaking about well, bear with me one second. Has my volume gone down on the microphone? Let me know in the chat. Hold on one sec. Uh, one sec. Am I ever going to do a show ever again without technology gremlins? Um, low volume. Am I ever going to do a show without technology gremlins? Hold on a second. Let me try and build this up. And then can I lock it? How do I do that? There's something I used to be able to do. 
One sec. Uh, oh, God. The next time I do a show without anything going wrong, technologically, I'm going to have a party. Better now, bro. Some saying sounds better. Now it's dipped. We can't hear you. It keeps dipping by itself. Why is, why is the volume on my... I've literally gone out and bought the best mic on the market. Literally went and bought it the other day. And ever since I bought it, I've had nothing but dramas. Um, is that better? I think that's cool. Apologies for this. Uh, how to stop <laughs> volume on MV7 changing alone. There you go. That You guys can watch me fix my technical issue live on a podcast. What better? Uh, what more do you want from that? Uh, you know what? I know what to do. One second. Sorry, guys. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Hold on. Do, 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 do. There we go. Sound. Input. There we go. There we go. There we go. Hold on. Well, why is it adjusting by itself? I don't want it to adjust. I think that should be cool. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Nope. Why's it going down by itself? Hold on. Let me unplug it and plug it back in again. Guys, I'm so sorry. Bear with me one sec. Are we back? Yeah, someone said in the comments that I should go and get my money back. Damn right, I should go and get my money back. Uh, <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. I think it's good. It's not adjusting by itself anymore. I don't know why it does that. Why? Why would a microphone just like, it's got a volume bar on the front of it. One of those stupid ones that you hover your finger over. So it's not even an actual button. And it's just going down and up and down and up. It's going crazy by itself. But I think we're back now. Anyway, before I was rudely interrupted, I'm so, so sorry. If you're listening on audio, the, the likelihood of me cutting it out is very low. You're probably going to be sitting there thinking, what the hell is this? But anyway, uh, Chris Chan says, uh, Harry is being hacked. Uh, Matt says, uh, Harry's only doing this so people don't think he's paid by Arsenal. <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff. Okay, let's get on with it. So what was I saying? I can't even remember what I was saying. I was saying about Mudrik. I was saying about the fact that Mikel Arteta could mould him into someone uh, that could play anywhere across the front line. And I think that is the intention. Right. The next thing I wanted to say was that um, Mikel Arteta said that Arsenal are going to be active and are actively looking to strengthen in the January window. I think we all, I think we all know that that is, you know, what we want to happen. And I think that none of us were surprised to hear Mikel Arteta say that we are actively looking, hoping and trying to do something. Um, but I think it's very important to note that Arsenal do not do business now that they don't believe in 100%, that they don't feel is the right business. They will not panic. They will not panic by even with injuries, even when they take decisions to allow players to go out on loan, as we've seen in the past. They will not add people to the squad that they do not believe are of benefit not just in the short term, but in the medium and long term as well. And that's where Arsenal have gone wrong in the past. There's been a lot of hole plugging. There's been a lot of 
filler put over certain cracks. And then we've ended up stuck with Deadwood players who were on big salaries because we were desperate to get them in. And then we couldn't move them. We couldn't shift them. We couldn't get rid of them. And, and that decline that you saw from Arsenal, that fall from grace that you saw from Arsenal over a period of time was a direct consequence uh, of that. But anyway, it's one thing to say it. It's one thing to say we're actively looking and it's one thing to actively go out and do it. So we're going to have to wait and see how that goes. But to know that Arsenal believe that it needs to be done or to know that Arsenal feel that the team can be better and can be strengthened is obviously encouraging for us as fans because we feel the same. And often as fans, you take comfort when your club are putting out the vibes and the noises that match what you believe is the right thing. Listen, as a fan, we don't always know what the right thing is. As fans, we don't always know, you know, what's best. We don't always know the entire story. And so it's difficult to make, you know, clear judgments on certain subjects and certain topics. But when you have a feeling as a fan, as someone who cares about a football club of what needs to happen and what should happen, and then the club publicly state that they too feel that that is something they should be looking at and something that they should be at least considering, it really does give you encouragement, I think, and, and belief in the people that are calling the shots at your football club, which is obviously uh, nice to see. But, you know, you've got to go out and do the business. And I say this going into every single window. If you think that the window is going to open on the 1st of January and by the 2nd, Arsenal are going to have all their business wrapped up, you are wrong. You are wrong. This stuff will rumble on. It always does. And often the deals that we do are at the back end of windows as a general rule, generally speaking, there is always a flourish um, or, or a flurry of activity at the back end of transfer windows in comparison to the early weeks and early stages. So be prepared for that. Don't think that on the 2nd of January, we're going to have some shiny new toys. It's probably going to be much later than that. Okay, if I could quickly ask that despite my technology gremlins, you guys uh, leave me a like on the video. There's over 350 of you with us live right now, but there's only 68 likes on the board. No reason why we shouldn't get that up to a couple of hundred at least. And we are less than, I think, 80 subs away now from getting to that 25,000 milestone on YouTube, which we really, really want to get to. So please, guys, uh, if you are watching and you are not subscribed, please do uh, subscribe. It really helps. Leave a like on the video. As I say, get your thoughts in the comments as well. Appreciate those who've done it already. Um, but yeah, it really, really does help. And I'd love to get to that 25K by Christmas. That's the dream. That's the hope. Can we do it? Can we achieve it? What a Christmas present for me uh, that would be. So uh, yeah, do get involved. Okay, let's take some of your thoughts. Let's take some of your questions from the live chat box. Let's take as many as we possibly can. Uh, so start firing them in while uh, while you're doing that. I just want to remind you guys that if you want to become a member of the... Um, Chronicles of a Guna podcast. You can do so by visiting www.anotherslice.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. The link is in the description below. You create an account on the website, subscribe to the Chronicles of Aguna once you've logged into that account and you'll get access to exclusive content at your fingertips. We'll also be giving anybody who signs up between now and Christmas and existing members, of course, a two month discount so you'll get it for free for two months that's my christmas present to those of you that come over and join i know some of you have active youtube memberships 
um, and that's fine as well. Uh, but we are eventually going to do away with the YouTube memberships because this platform is much better. Uh, it gives me the ability to do a lot more. It gives me the ability to um, give you guys a lot more without YouTube basically pocketing all of the money. So yeah, um, do check it out. Anotherslice.com. You can download the app. You can access the podcast from the app uh, and you can access all the exclusive content from there as well. It's a great app, works on the move. There are a couple of teething problems when we first uh, switched over, but they've all been ironed out now. And those already members will tell you how uh, how much better it is and how uh, well it works now. So yeah, check it out. Um, Okay, let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat box. What are you guys uh, saying? Um, Arsenal Nexus says, have you heard the latest about Mudrick? We've been in negotiations for two weeks now and it's well in advance. I don't know that it's been two weeks. Um, I too have read what's come out from The Athletic, which says, uh, which describes a conversation that was had with somebody very high up at Shakhtar Donetsk, one of the CEOs. But... um, yeah, I, I don't. I can't confirm that it's been two weeks because I don't know that for fact. I'd be making it up uh, if I did. Um, Eric says, uh, I've been listening to you for a while now, Harry, and I'm stunned you've only got 25k subs. How are you not over 100k? Come on, peeps. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you so much. But um, yeah, <laughs> we're growing slowly, but we're growing. Um, and that's that's the main thing. Listen, I'd rather have 25 thousand engaged uh subscribers who join us for the shows and get involved in the shows then a hundred thousand people that just want to take the piss out of everything i say uh so thank you i I do really really appreciate it but obviously the more subs the better the more subs we have the more people we reach the the more people the content uh lands in front of so um yeah let's uh let's work towards that uh Harry, so if we're not getting Danilo besides Mudrik, what midfielder would you recommend that can make an impact at this present stage? And do you feel we'll get a striker? I don't think we'll get a striker. I think it's Mudrik and a midfielder. I think that's what's on Arsenal's radar going into this window. That's what I expect Arsenal to be actively trying to do. Um, Whether we'll be able to get that done or not, I don't know. Um, You know, obviously... Everybody thinks that transfers are just, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people just look at one side of a transfer. There's often another side that maybe we overlook or don't see or don't fully understand. And that can be just as impactful, just as important. So, you know, we need people to to pull together. We need uh, Arsenal to go uh, the full way in terms of the effort that they put in. But we also need other clubs and other players and agents and representatives and intermediaries and God knows who else to play ball as well for us to get these deals over the line. It's so, so important. Uh, Avic says, why do we want to sign a European talent spending 70 or 80 million pounds when we can bully Palace to buy Olise or Eze for half the price, I assume? I assume that you're talking about Mudrik. I don't think we'll spend anywhere near 70 or 80 million to get Mudrik. I'd be shocked if we went over 45, genuinely. I, I think that as I've said for for days now and and maybe even weeks, I think the price that Shakhtar tell everybody they want publicly is not the price that they're going to sell him for. They're playing that, you know, they're showing their strong hand as you'd expect them to do. And it's as simple as that. Olise, Eze, am I totally convinced about any of them? No, I'm not. If I'm being completely fair and honest and open about my opinion, I like them as players, but would I go and drop, if you're saying half of that, would I go and drop 30 to 40 million on one of those. I probably wouldn't at this stage. I still want to see a bit more from them. 
Um, that, that's my take on that. Uh, Matt says, which one would you choose? Sign no one in January or re-sign Aubameyang on a six-month loan? No one. Uh, no one. The guy is toxic. I don't want that atmosphere back in the changing room. I don't want um, us to go back over something that was very, very uh, impactful in a negative way, I felt. Um, so, yeah, nah, not not interested. Um, yeah, not interested in um, in Aubameyang coming back in any capacity. Uh, Creambone says, do you think um, one of the signings in the January window would be a shock signing and who would you like? Do you know what, guys? I- I've got to be honest. Like, I get this question a lot. Like, who would you like to sign? Who would you like to bring in? I've very much got to the point now where I'm not sort of scouring the internet looking for players and and I'm not really in that mode of, yeah, I'd like him. We should go for him. I'm I'm reading the stories. I'm reacting to the stories. I probably will do this at some point. Um, I probably will sit down and, and look at some of the options that I have in my mind in a bit more depth, in a bit more detail, and maybe do a show where we propose who Arsenal should go and get, in my opinion. But it would just be my opinion. And I recognise that my opinion isn't everybody's cup of tea. But off the top of my head, mate, honestly, I can't think. I'm not massively in on Mudrick yet because I don't know enough about him. Jao Felix would be the one I'd, I'd love us to go and get, but is that going to happen? I don't think it happens if we get Mikhailo Mudrick. I think it's one or the other. And it feels to me like Arsenal are pulling towards Mikhailo Mudrick and, and are desperate to get that deal over the line, which is interesting because I still think it has risks. I do. I really do. And that's not to take anything away from the young lad or to be critical of Arsenal as a football club. I would obviously imagine that they've done a lot more scouting and and know a lot more about him than I do, of course. But um, yeah, João Felix would be the one for me if it was up to me. That would be the signing that gets me up and off my seat and, and really buzzing. The others might if we get them done in the future. But João Felix would be the one that really excites me. Um Good question to finish up on then, because it's a nice segue uh, from Eric is, do you think there's anything to the João Felix stories? I think Arsenal might have expressed an interest. I think that his agent is is putting him in the shop window. I think that his agent is trying to, to find him a big club, trying to find somewhere for him to go after a move to Atletico Madrid that hasn't really worked out, if we're being honest, for various reasons, some out of his control, some within his control. I think that there will be conversations had, um, but how deep that exploration goes into the possibility of actually bringing to the, him to the club remains to be seen. And yeah, I wouldn't get excited by this one. I wouldn't get carried away. What I did say like earlier in the week and, and at the back end of last week is you should at least try your luck with this. You should at least push and see how low you can get them to go. And if that then appeals to you as a football club, then, then take the gamble because I think he is much less of a gamble than Mikhailo Mudrik. Some people would, would disagree, but I think for Arsenal, what will really work in Mudrik's favour and what will make him the standout option right now is the fact that he clearly wants to come to Arsenal, that he clearly feels that this is a place in which he can continue his development and can thrive and can potentially challenge for big things. And I think Mikel Arteta, when you, you think about all the things he says about culture and wanting to be here and the fact that Arsenal are Arsenal and a, a massive football club for whom people should be grateful to play with. I think that, yeah, I think that that will 
convince Mikel Arteta that he's the right one because he's not, this is not someone sitting there uh, putting their client out into the public domain, trying desperately to get a move for them. This is someone who is actively wanting to come to your football club. When it comes to Joao Felix and Arsenal, we're one of a number of options. But when it comes to Mikhailo Mudrik, it feels like we're the only option. It feels like we're the one that he wants to join. And I think that will make Mikel Arteta and the club feel a lot more comfortable um, about dropping that sort of money on him in January. But anyway, that's my take on that. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. As always, don't forget to leave a like. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Please help us get to that 25,000 milestone sooner rather than later. I'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time, take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.